and we are going to continue our series on bold prayers you thought i'll say we're going to end our series on bold prayer i'll tell you why we are not going to end okay you're saying like oh no he's not going to end of course i'm going to end but i'll tell you what's more okay but first let's pray father we just want to thank you so much for this beautiful morning you gave us lord truly you you are the light of the world our life was full of darkness we were in the pit of darkness in the pit of sin but you came lord you caused your light to shine and penetrate into our dark lives and you have brought such joy such hope such forgiveness such a grace into our lives we are so we are so grateful to you lord for causing your light to shine on us we bless you lord jesus we pray as we look at your word your word which is powerful your word which is sharper than any double edged sword your word that is living your word that is active let your word come and penetrate into our hearts lord just like your light did let your word come and penetrate and speak to us this morning we pray thank you jesus amen amen so we are doing a series called bold prayers i hope you've really enjoyed the nine sessions we've done we are looking at stories from the bible different from men and women and i know i've just done one woman so far and today i'm going to do another woman so you be happy right men and women of the bible and how they made bold prayers prayers that may be shocking to our ears that may surprise us you know some of the prayers were like ridiculous prayers and yet what we see is god's response we see god's amazing response to man's prayer and how god i mean there are so many stories i've just picked 10 uh, outstanding stories you know uh, not to be little any other story but these are amazing stories and we look at how god responds that is so important you can make bold prayer but you remember the first day when i opened this uh, sermon this series i showed you that coin you know it goes into the phone booth and if it works then you put more coins that's how it is you know you see these stories are a proof of god answering prayers we've looked at six stories from the old testament it's all recorded if you wish to hear any of it simply log on to spotify search for masiha church and all our uh, sermons are loaded there or if you are too lazy then just let dipesh know he can send you the link and you can go to one specific message uh, we've looked at six stories from the old testament and we have looked at three stories so far from the new testament we are looking at prayer requests made to jesus none other than god himself now we are looking at the son of god and these prayers that were made to jesus and how he answered so without further ado let's dive into the fourth story which appears in two books it is in the book of mark mark chapter 7 but i'd like you to turn to matthew 15 i'm going to read the first verse of mark and the last verse of mark uh, which is again brilliant and it gives us a little special insight into the story but the story in detail is mentioned in matthew 15 and we're going to look at this now there are two things i wanted to say first is i am going to end this series in september because next sunday hitesh is preaching so i'm going to end this series by telling you there were some prayers hold your breath that were not answered okay bold prayers that were not answered now it is very important to know why they were not answered and that's how i'm going to end this series but today's story is again a mind blowing story of how jesus answered someone's bold prayer and because it is a bit it is a bit controversial this story and there is a lot written about this story even by critics 
it i might spill over onto two sundays so please allow me to do that i know i promised i'll do one sunday for all and i've stuck to that for nine but i feel today's story even some of you while reading your bible may have some doubts why did jesus say this why did this happen in this story and so i want to make sure that i clarify and then we will look at uh, the brilliant example of prayer that is uh, so evident in this story all right okay so moving on very quickly then to the book of matthew matthew chapter 15 and uh, book of mark mark chapter 7 both include this story and uh, this is how mark starts jesus left that place which place israel jesus left israel and went to the vicinity of tyre he entered a house and did not want anyone to know it yet he could not keep his presence a secret so that gives you a lot in this story okay so what has happened is jesus has had some severe confrontation with the religious leaders of israel he has told, taught them what is clean what is unclean he has in that sense challenged their whole theology and they are extremely upset with jesus and this is not the time to ruffle the feathers so what jesus chooses is he takes his disciples and he gets out of israel it is not very often that you see jesus going out of israel his ministry was predominantly in israel and we will look at that more but he goes to a place called tyre or uh, some translations have sidon and tyre which were like sodom and gomorrah very close to one another and uh, he goes to this place of tyre now let me just tell you something about tyre because this will help us understand the story the people of tyre were uh, known as gentiles which means they were not jews uh, a queen in the old testament anyone who's read the old testament has a queen mentioned jezebel jezebel was from sidon and tyre she was a sidonian queen and sidon and tyre were known for uh, their idolatry their paganism you know they had child sacrifice and what not nonsense that happened so it was a very evil and a dark place and it is amazing that uh, ashish has bought this whole theme of i love this poster you know in the darkness there is sun shining right so it's it's beautiful that in this dark place walks jesus but because jesus does not want anyone to know he's around he doesn't want anyone to know he wants to spend time with his disciples probably teach them take some time out to rest lot of ministries happening already in israel and yet because jesus is so famous uh, the word of mouth you know the publicity must have spread that jesus is in town and so he could not keep his presence a secret right even if he wanted to uh, everybody got to know jesus and that's the beauty right everybody must know about jesus and so that is where it is and now this is where the story moves on we are now introduced to our fourth character which is the the key character of this story and who is she we don't know her name but we know she's a woman and what we know is a few details about her we know she is a syrophoenician woman now you know alexander the great right he was he came 300 years before jesus virtually conquered the whole world and uh, he named places after his relatives and one such uh, was a place called phoenicia i'm sure you must have heard of phoenix and uh, so phoenicia was a place from where this woman came from they were all greeks obviously alexander was a greek king they were all Gre- greeks but right now phoenicia was being ruled by another superpower called syria syria ruled over phoenicia and that's why the bible calls her a syrophoenician woman 
very simply put in biblical terms she's a gentile a gentile is someone who is not of a jewish origin okay so for the jews it was just simple the jews and the gentile that's how they divided the world right that that's how they saw it everyone who was not a jew was a gentile so we are told she is a gentile woman she is from the region of uh, syrophenicia and here she is she gets to know about jesus now why does that interest you well we are told something else we don't know whether she has a husband whether her husband is dead we don't know all of that but what we know is she has a daughter a sweet little girl uh, definitely under the age of 10 at this stage of the point of the story and uh, this whole daughter and mother story is beautiful she loves her daughter her daughter loves her that's the only girl she has and there is great bonding between mother and daughter and then one day one day in because you live in a dark world a demon comes and possesses the daughter and because the daughter is a child there is very little you can do the demon has possessed her and probably from that very day the daughter's life was like hell you know we we see demon manifestations in the bible and different places we see how you know there were convulsions happening there were the demons would let the the person was cutting himself because the demon was doing it so many torture and oppression that we see through the demons now imagine just imagine a mother who's living through all of that you know she's living through all of this i mean even when uh, jeevan was small and he would get slight pain you know we would get so worked up jackie and i what do we do should we take him to the doctor should we we were praying we were sitting beside him you can imagine i'm sure that is true of every parent if our child even gets a prick it hurts us more than you know probably a slash or a cut that that's how our parents heart is and uh, you can imagine this woman you know she is she is husbandless probably her husband has died left her gone away uh, out of wedlock child we don't know what the case is but we know that this mother had no one to turn to no one to turn to probably she must have tried you know different sorcerers and what not that existed in sidon entire and nobody nobody could get this demon out of this child this demon continued to possess the child and oppress the child and torture the child and all the mother could do was cry and weep while she was weeping she began to hear a name a name of an israelite a name of a messiah a savior whose name was jesus but she could not go to israel she cannot go to israel because you know the israelites have no standing for the sidonians and the uh, the syrophenicians you must understand there was a war that happened 200 years before jesus was born and it was fought by the jews the maccabees if any one of you has read the apocryphas which is a certain part of the catholic bible which is not included in the original bible some other day we can talk on that and there is a book called one maccabees and two maccabees and it talks about the maccabean revolt against the oppression of an empire now sadly the sidonians and the tyres were on the opposite side they fought with the jews and the jews had strong memory so they had revenge in their mind they said we must hate these people these people are not allowed in israel and that's where the woman's uh, you know shortcoming is I mean, she can't do anything she just can't enter israel she can't approach jesus because there he is in israel and here she is and as she watches her daughter 
being tortured and oppressed there's little she can do till one day she gets to know the news spreads that jesus is in town yes he has come to sidon he's come to tyre he's here she couldn't have believed her ears this is my one golden opportunity she believes in jesus how do i know that let's look at how the story progresses now look at this verse this verse is loaded there's a lot in this verse it says behold a canaanite woman again canaanite is another word for uh, a syrophoenician woman so it's it's all canaan you know we know the land of canaan so it says a canaanite woman came out from those borders and cried saying have mercy on me lord she taps that one that one button that's that's most important to god mercy she cries out says lord have mercy on me have mercy on me hold on to that mercy thought and then she says three things i'll come to these three things she says lord she addresses jesus as lord you son of david my daughter is severely demonized hold that thought let me just first say about the mercy friends you and i deserve nothing there is nothing you and i deserve it is the grace of god and it is the mercy of god that has brought salvation into our life let me show you a beautiful verse jude chapter 1 jude had jude has only one chapter verse 21 says keep yourselves in god's love as you wait for the mercy of our lord jesus christ to bring you to eternal life hallelujah it is the mercy of jesus that has given us the gift of eternal life amen we don't deserve it we don't deserve you are not qualified right it is the mercy that gives us eternal life that is what she cries out she says jesus give me your mercy but look at this there are three insights into that one verse this woman had three revelations the first she addresses jesus as lord mind you she's not seen jesus do a single miracle she's not heard any teaching of jesus all she has is information that has come probably through some some people but that is enough for her to raise her level of faith she addresses jesus for who jesus is she doesn't say jesus you are a prophet she doesn't say jesus you are a rabbi she's bang on bang on she says jesus you are lord hallelujah lord of lords and king of kings in the earlier days when we were about the english church you would sing this song jesus is the lord of all lord of all the earth he is the lord of all the earth hallelujah brothers and sisters that is how we are to address jesus let the world say what they want to but jesus is the lord so that is what she says the second thing she says is again more important she says jesus the son of david why the son of david because the son of david was a caption it was like a title given to the coming messiah hallelujah hallelujah that is how the new testament opens many know how the old testament opens in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth but do you know how the new testament opens the new testament opens by saying this is the story of jesus the son of david the son of abraham he is the messiah and so when she is saying jesus son of david quite a few people address that remember bartimaeus he also addressed jesus as the son of david they acknowledge jesus as the messiah amen and the third thing 
there is insight she has she has insight into what's happened to her daughter look at what she says my daughter is severely demonized she is possessed she knows it is not just some sickness it is not just some kind of uh, you know uh, oh she is not well or like medical science would give different terminologies she is very discerning as a woman she is recognized this is demonic my daughter is being oppressed by a demon and so she comes to jesus and says jesus you are lord i recognize you are a messiah and i need your help for my daughter who is being demon possessed bang on right she's she's absolutely right on all three fronts now what will what will happen next will shock you this is how jesus responded he answered her not a word how would you feel when someone's talking to you and uh, the other person doesn't even answer would you feel good about it i don't think so what if i come to you and i say i am very thirsty can you give me a glass of water please you've heard me you you are you know we've had eye contact and then you look here and there and you walk away and that is exactly what jesus has done he answered her not a word this is so uncharacteristic of jesus never in the bible will you see jesus do this to anybody there are only two occasions in the whole of new testament only two occasions when jesus did not say a word this is one occasion and i will show you another occasion where he did not answer so this is very interesting here is a woman a mother who is pleading to jesus who is crying out to jesus and jesus answers her not a word he is hearing her he is looking at her and then he walks away i'll come back to not answering a word let me just complete that verse his disciples came and urged him now she has turned her focus to the disciples she knows jesus is not answering her jesus is busy he is doing what he is doing so she turns to the disciples and day in day out we don't know how long this went on for maybe days weeks she she keeps chasing the disciples every time and she cries she is crying she is weeping and the disciples come to jesus look at this and his disciples came and urged him saying send her away she cries out after us they are tired of her they are fed up <coughs> a gentile woman is chasing us all the time lord we go to buy bread she is there we go to fetch water she is there we go out for recreation she is there <coughs> she is just haunting us please send her away please send her away you just tell her to go away lord so we can't drive out demons only you can right and so you please please send her away now this is when jesus answers to the disciples not to the woman to the disciple jesus says and this is very very important to the story please understand this very carefully but he answered and said i was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of israel that simply put is he saying i was sent specifically to the lost sheep of the house of israel i will come to that that is an extremely important line as a connect to the story why did jesus not answer a word like i mentioned to you this is the only time when someone made a bold prayer a request to jesus and jesus is not answered we, we must stay with the story but let me just slip another occasion where jesus did not answer a word and that was equally shocking and that shocked pilate uh, the governor right 
So Matthew 27, verse 13, 14 says, Then Pilate said to Jesus, Now Jesus is going through a trial. He's been beaten. He's been bruised. He's standing there. People are accusing him. And Pilate says, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? Do you want to say anything in, in reply? Verse 14 tells us, But Jesus answered him not one word. So that the governor marveled greatly. Even Pilate was shocked. How can someone in the face of such opposition and accusation be so silent, be so quiet? How is it possible? Pilate was shocked. In fact, Peter would go on to tell us in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 23. It says, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he trusted himself to him who judges justly. Hallelujah. Jesus entrusted himself to God while on earth. He said, Lord, <coughs> I commit myself to you, my father. Hallelujah. He did not give a word. Sometimes it is best not to answer. Silence is golden at times. You know, when people are accusing you, people are against you, people are speaking against you, don't go out always. You don't have to always go out and justify. In fact, you can entrust yourself to God who judges everyone justly. Hallelujah. Amen. That's a great lesson there. Here you feel, okay, it's appropriate. It is amazing. Jesus is a great example of not answering, right? But in that story, coming back to the story, that doesn't seem very appropriate, does it? Here is a woman who's pleading, who's crying out to you, and um, you are turning a deaf ear. That doesn't sound like Jesus. Right? I hope you understand the tension of the story. I want you to understand because this tension is going to get uh, more tension. There's going to be increase of tension. Okay, moving on. Now she's had enough of the disciples. She's enough of, you know, trying to get through the disciples. Finally, one day she comes to Jesus. She falls at his feet. KJV says she worships him. But most translations would say she falls at his feet. <clears throat> then came she and worshipped him saying those three words Lord help me Lord help me now she's desperate she's reached a point of desperation every time she goes home she sees her daughter in pain suffering and uh, probably the demon is harassing her and she finally decides enough is enough she comes to Jesus falls at his feet and she's yet pleading she's pleading with all her might she says, Lord Help me, Lord, help me. Now what's going to come next is going to blow your mind. Oh, are you ready for the next slide? Okay. Fasten your seatbelt. This is what Jesus said to her. Jesus answered, it isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to their dogs. Wow. <laughs> That's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus said. This is why I told you it is one of the most shocking statements that Jesus made. Okay. A lot of people talk about this statement. Said, How could Jesus say this? My goodness. Imagine. Imagine I'm at the airport and I've got a pen in my pocket. Okay. And someone comes running to me and says, sir, I need to fill a form if I'm going to take a flight. Can, you, can I please borrow your pen? I'll give it to you right away. I've got the form here. I just need your pen. And, and if I turn to them and say, listen, you know what? This pen belongs to me and I don't give it to dogs. 
that doesn't sound very christian does it that doesn't sound very christian right yeah i mean how can you say something like this and this is what people have objected to over the years the critics say you know this whole recent uh, fiasco of black lives matter somebody put a poster saying syrophenician lives matter you know how could jesus say that did he really say the word dogs of course he did of course he did i'll come to that but of course he did so let's not run away from what jesus said firstly let's not try to justify what jesus said he said exactly what you read he said it isn't right it is not right for me to take the bread of the children and throw it to their dogs now why did jesus say such a thing why firstly before i build this whole doctrine on the dogs and we will see the response of the woman which is so so important and it gives us great insight to the story i want to draw your attention to a few things firstly you remember what jesus said to the disciples even before what he answered to the woman now this is important and the reason i'm bringing this up is because it's linked it's linked to what jesus is giving he is the same explanation to the disciples he said in plain words to the woman we will see he is saying in a parabolic fashion and i will explain that okay so firstly let's look at what jesus said to the disciples why had jesus come what was jesus's ministry it is extremely important why god sent jesus god had a covenant with israel who is israel the children of abraham god chose a pagan worshipper called abraham the work of salvation the light as god has reminded us today again and again the light had shone into abraham's heart a man who worshiped creation suddenly had a revelation of who the creator was and then god promised abraham i will make you into a nation now this is extremely important brothers and sisters stay with me i am going to make you into a nation abraham and i am going to come into a covenant a promise with you it's like husband and wife you know your wife and every other woman is very different right right i hope you get that so he says i am in a covenant with you i will save you all the promises are for you all the prophetic words are for you that is exactly what the whole old testament is about it is about god having a covenant a promise a relationship with one nation and the nation was going to be god's holding god's advertisement to the whole world to know who god is to israel was promised a messiah saying we are going to restore the house of israel where god had made a promise remember when god gives a word he takes it so so seriously and so god had said to abraham to isaac to jacob to the 12 tribes of israel to moses to david that's the covenant right that there will come a king a son of david from david's lineage who will save israel the savior is going to come and that is why let's look at a few verses when jesus said his disciples were all jews all of them were israelites jesus said to them matthew chapter 10 verse 5 and 6 these 12 jesus sent out after instructing them now look at the instruction very carefully do not go in the way of the gentiles do not go to the gentiles 
and do not enter any city of the Samaritans. Rather, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Very specific instruction. This is five chapters before this whole incident that has happened, which is definitely a few months, if not a year. So Jesus has sent them, go, go, go to the house of Israel only. You hear the word only? Only. Okay. Don't go into Samaritan villages. Don't go to the Gentiles. That is exactly what he said in this story. He answers and says to the disciples, they say, why don't you cater to that woman? And he says, listen, I have priority. And my priority is to do the will of the one who sent me to set him right, to set God right with the Israelites. That's my top priority. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. At that point, at that point, it is extremely important that this is where it is. <clears throat> I am catering to Israel right now. It is Israel who has turned away from God. Others don't even know God. So before we bring others, like Jesus would say in John, right? Before we bring the other sheep into the fold, first I've got to look at the sheep in the fold who have turned away from the shepherd. Do you get me so far? Can I see a thumbs up? It's important you stay with me. Thank you. Moving on then, Jesus would say to the Samaritan woman, you remember Jesus is probably first encounter with a Gentile, a Samaritan. This is what Jesus would say to the Samaritan woman. We all know that story in John 4. Beautiful story. Jesus would say this, you worship what you know not. You don't know who you worship. That's a great statement. You know, there are many people who are worshiping. Now we are going to get into festive season. People are worshiping. People are worshiping. They're not sure who they are worshiping. But this is what he says. We know what we worship. We know. We understand worship. It's not just a song and dance. We know who we worship. And he says this statement. He says, salvation is of the Jews. You must understand. Jesus is not trying to be a diplomat here. He's saying, you know, listen, you know what? Uh, it's for everyone. No, no, no. It's how is salvation going to come? It's going to come through the Jews. Let's not, you know, mince any meat, any meat there. Jesus was a Jew. He was born as a Jew, circumcised on the eighth day uh, and dedicated to the temple and all of that. He was properly raised in the ways of the Jews. So he clearly makes a statement. He says, listen, the Jews are going to bring the hope to the Gentile world, but it's going to come through the Jews. Moving on, even when we look at Acts, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus says, you will receive power. This is after his resurrection. He says, now this is, now listen, now I'm going to open the door and I'm telling, going to tell you the pattern. <clears throat> you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus is setting a template. This is how it's going to be. It's going to start with the Jews, Jerusalem. Then goes to Judea, which is the wider region. Then to Samaria, which is half Jews. They were like, what about Jewish blood kind of thing, you know. And then to the ends of the world. Hallelujah. And that is exactly what Paul would say. So it's not just Jesus. Look at Paul in Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Again, a very famous verse quoted by many. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. But then he adds something. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. 
we had such debate in our year bible bible course year you know our bible college <clears throat> on this factor why first for the jew but that is the order god has set mind you that is the order god has set he says salvation is going to come first for the jew and then for the gentile so what jesus is saying is something that is factual it is not something uh, that needs to be taken in an emotional manner it is something that is fact god opened the doors to the jews he made a covenant with the jews he is now restoring the jews and with the jews will also come the gentiles hallelujah there are no two ways about it and god is not apologetic about it that's his pattern and you and i better embrace it that is how god is going to go about it first for the jew and then for the gentile now it's all open now it's all open hallelujah but this is when we are talking about the first century order how jesus came why he came who was he sent to and how the message would spread how the message would spread so then you're wondering wait which means then that this woman has no hope right absolutely no hope and what about the big question even if you are not there for her why call her dog what does okay let me just say one thing i know i've run out of time i'm just going to take 2 minutes before i quickly introduce this theme and i'm going to then continue this on the 2nd of september what comes to your mind when i say dog close your eyes i will show you what comes to your mind close your eyes everybody close your eyes and the moment i say dog it has to be one of these two pictures look at this it either has to be a ferocious dog some of you thought of ah, <laughs> like that you know alsatians and doberman is a doberman on the screen you know that is ferocious dog or or some of you very quickly thought of a cute little puppy <laughs> didn't you right yeah it has to be one of these two images when you think of a dog either it's like someone who is baring its teeth salivating and <laughs> or you think of a cute little puppy you can you know carry and have fun with okay so now we're going to look at very quickly we're going to look at what jesus implied what jesus implied now you must understand in the first century again there were two kinds of dogs the word jesus uses i'll come to that is kunaria the word in greek is kunaria what is kunaria i'll tell you later okay but very quickly there were two kinds of dogs one was the scavengers these were dangerous these were wild dogs who lived outside the city gates and they would devour anything they would even devour a corpse a dead body you know tear it off eat it and these were dangerous recently recently um two weeks three weeks ago i was watching a discovery channel on a disney hotstar and i was looking at a lioness a lioness who was threatened by four just a pack of four dogs wild dogs even now these dogs are extremely dangerous and this is exactly what existed in israel you know these were not hyenas these were wild dogs in fact there is a story in the old testament i mentioned about jezebel jezebel was eaten by dogs yeah <laughs> okay yeah so these are wild dogs is jesus referring to this dogs he did he did not now he did earlier in matthew chapter 7 the sermon on the mount famous sermon on the mount this is what jesus said do not give what is holy to the dogs this is where jesus was talking about the scavenger dogs the wild dogs so look at what jesus says do not give what is holy to the dogs nor cast your pearls before swines 
lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces. That is the dog capacity. Imagine you're carrying pearls and you go to a dog and say, don't bite me, take these pearls. Jesus says, this is what will happen. They will trample the pearls and they will go for you. They will tear you into pieces. They're not going to spare you. What context is Jesus saying? Correction. Remember that verse where it says, before you remove the speck from your brother's eye, remove the plank from your eye. That is the context. The verse before that is this. So Jesus says, when you go to correct someone, make sure that they are receiving the correction. If there is a person who is not interested in receiving a correction, then your wisdom, that's why we say, you know, pearls of wisdom, then your pearls of wisdom are of no use. They will throw your pearls of wisdom and they will go for you. Rather, you know, because you, how dare you correct me? <laughs> and I've seen people like this. That is what Jesus is saying. Okay. Now, because of time, I'm going to stop here. And uh, we are going to look at the story, next story of how 21st century processes this thing. All right. So hold on. So far, I've not even, you know, got into the word directly. We're going to look at the story in detail. And I didn't want to rush because I wanted you to know uh, when we are studying the word, we've got to do a thorough study. And like I said, because a lot of comment has been made on this story, uh, putting Jesus in bad, bad light. It's important as Christians, we understand. this. All right. Okay. So we are going to continue the story on the 2nd of September. Let me just pray. Father, we just want to thank you, Lord. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that Jesus came to save us, to save mankind starting with the Jews, but coming to us Gentiles. Thank you for saving what hope we have in Jesus. Lord, we pray that we will always, always lift our eyes to you, Lord. And like this mother who did not give up, who persisted, who reached out to you. And we know what happens in this story, Lord. It's all there in front of us. Lord, we are so grateful to you for your goodness and your mercy that has come to us. Thank you, Lord. We didn't deserve anything, but it's your mercy that gives us life. All glory and honor belongs to you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.